0: Let me ask you this. Do you like beer? Let me ask you this. Do you like free? I've asked those questions in the wrong order for a reason, because my third question I've kept until now, do you like free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that free beer. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is this. Go to www.beer52.com forward slash West Ham and cover just the postage of £4.95 and, as if that wasn't enough, as a listener to the Stop Hammer Time podcast, you'll get two extra free beers. So... That's ten free beers, if you've been paying attention. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small-batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes have included German, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California... New Zealand, and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands, as well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy. Your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine, Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in, just to top it all off. You don't like dark beers? Who cares? Choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash West Ham to get your case free. And don't forget, right now, the Stop Hammer Time podcast listeners will get two extra free beers. I thank you. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer time, and it's another self-isolating stop. Hammer time this week. Uh, three of us uh, doing the show from three different secret locations. Uh, with me, as always, uh, Jim Grant. Good evening, Jim. Hi. How is a uh, how's self-isolating working out for you? Uh,
2: not too bad. Not too bad. We're coping. Yeah. Are
0: you are you getting outside at all?
2: Yeah, we take the dogs for a walk. We have got lots of lovely uh, stuff to walk. You know, places to walk right right by the house. So.
0: What do yes. you think is the thing you've stockpiled most of?
2: Uh, what well, <laughs> uh, I have to say uh, beer. Beer? you have stockpiled a, a lot of beer.
0: There's something yeah. slightly predictable, uh, depressingly yeah. predictable about that, <laughs> upsettingly predictable. Uh, joining us also, uh, um, one of our uh, most uh, loved guests on Stop mm. Hammer Time, and also uh, the boot was on the other foot because I did your podcast a few days ago, didn't I? Sam Delaney.
1: Hello, how are you doing?
0: Uh, good. How are you?
1: All right. Thanks. Yep.
0: How are you getting out?
1: Getting out much? I went out for a jog today uh, this morning. I really enjoyed it. Is I mean, it is mad. It, the, some of the things that you can see and do at the moment are quite unique. Although it's a tough time for everyone, you know. I thought I'll go out for a run, and if I see any other fellow fellow runners, I'll you know keep my distance. Yeah. but you're it's it's like a movie because you're running through all the streets that you know
0: yeah i was yeah. running
1: along by the thames River, and it's just empty it's incredible
0: um and, and it-
1: a lot of it looks extra beautiful phil yeah, so yeah you know you, you you run i was running by the river thames and there's a lot of beauty in that anyway but at a time like this it's sort of almost more vivid and you know I'd encourage people to to go out and absorb that in any small way that they can um in a safe way, obviously yeah,
2: but you're not really supposed to be encouraging people to go out
1: no, you? but I'm not saying go out, I certainly don't go out and cuddle anyone. I yeah. went out for a jog and I kept well within well well outside two meters of anyone but I, even um... if you're even if you've got a bit of a back garden or looking out your front window take all I'm saying is take solace in nature, lad's
0: you yeah. uh, something in your manner in the last uh, few minutes makes me think that perhaps you're writing poetry talking uh, about the, yeah. the beauty of London's empty streets and yeah. uh, the the magnificence of the Thames as well, as she thunders through our great metropolis yes. um taking well, solace um, in the nature of your back garden it feels like you it feels like there's some poetry yeah, in yeah i
1: th- it. i think that might be one of the Well, you could say the positives. You might say the negative impacts of these dark times is that I may have discovered an until now sort of latent poet.
0: Jim's poetry is is much lauded. um, Well, I know, I know.
1: I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm. I mean, the thing is, Jim's sort of guy. When I'm in his presence, I. I put on airs and graces. I'll be honest.
0: You do, you do. Yeah, yeah. I do. I
1: don't know yeah. if I mean. You, I don't know if you still do that after all these years, Phil. I mean, obviously, you spend more time with him, but he's one of those guys that I start re- overreaching for yes. certain words or phrases or notions yeah. that yeah, yeah. I, intellectually are probably yeah. beyond me. But I'm trying to impress the guy.
0: When I go to West Ham matches with Jim, I quite often revise before yeah. I go to them.
1: <laughs> and um, I've seen you. You yeah. carry a pocket thesaurus with you, don't you, as yeah, well? Yeah,
0: I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And certain uh, keywords I've had tattooed on my body.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, I- he has got um, he's a schoolmaster, and he does have a schoolmasterly presence. So you almost feel like you're being assessed at That's all times. It. Secretly That's- assessed inside his mind. He is grading us.
0: Yeah, continuous assessment. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rather than an exam-based friendship with Jim, <laughs> he's assessing us continually. Yeah. Yeah. It's all coursework. Cool yeah. He well, sees
1: everything as coursework.
0: Cool he does, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, i given you both an A star. Oh, fun. thanks, oh, Phil.
0: Oh, Jim, that's, uh, that's very kind of you. Um, uh, yes, I've been out running. Uh, I live near Finsbury Park. I live 30 seconds from Finsbury Park and also the Parkland Walk, which is a popular jogger spot. And both of those places are popular continually... Popular what oh. Joggers. Joggers.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. Joggers. Yeah, right. oh
0: oh yes not a doggers <laughs> no
1: sorry I, d- I thought I'd misheard you but yeah either way no judgments you know
0: full of full of runners I mean they they're what they're, the absence of people going to work has been replaced by uh, a plethora and I'm only saying that because we're with Jim yeah, uh, Jim, of, yeah. of people out there um, running around it's it's uh, highly populated by runners uh, and of course they they pass um, uh, within uh, a non-state sanctioned distance of each other but only very briefly for a brief tenth of a second they pass each other so yeah. there's a, a constant uh, defying of the rules of uh, uh, of um, social distancing but uh, only for you know, a, a microsecond each time um and obviously I mean I like to have people pass me drinks and uh, put a foil blanket around me when I go out jogging <laughs> uh, um, so that none of that can happen
1: I that. like it when you run past someone and they Hand you a plastic cup, and mm. you sort of just th- fling it in your own face, and then crush it and chuck it. <laughs> yeah, chuck it that's in the right. curb.
0: Yeah, yeah. I well, like that. We, we like
2: found to. on the uh, on the kind of footpaths around where, where we walk uh, through woods that are often just like a kind of single track, quite narrow, and you've got kind of brambles and stuff on either side. Um, something is beginning to develop in the, in the kind of etiquette of social distancing that is a bit like the equivalent when you're driving on a sort of single track road with passing places you know like you kind of find a passing place and you kind of step aside with your dogs and you kind of invite the other people to walk kind of past at a safe distance but there's no but you haven't got headlights you can flash so i think if we need to kind of uh, create a kind of a, a, a signaling system to say look you know we're letting you come because there's a passing place here i think we should uh, uh, you know have t- flashlights or something
0: People don't really seem to know what two metres is, do they? They, uh, no, no, they, no. They, they, they?
1: There's a lot of confusion about this, and I don't think the government have been quite clear enough about exactly how long two metres is. I mean, while well, I'm saying this, Phil, how are we supposed to know? We're not um, scientists. We're not no. doctors. We're yeah. not measuring people. We are not measurists. We're not measurists.
0: We are. However, we're we're are, we are uh, uh, I'm. I'm six foot nothing. Is is my height. Uh, you you seem a similar height to that. So
1: I'm, I'm six foot two. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. I'm two six
0: meters. Two. two meters is not much. Uh, is not much greater a distance than that. So um, people no. people quite often uh, are creating distances between themselves of up to 10 yards, thinking Sorry, that Bill. that's probably about two metres.
1: Well, can I yeah. just ask you, are you a scientist? Did you qualify <laughs> from a university in science? Do you have an MSc?
2: It's got a maths A level. I've got a maths A level, yeah. Well, um, yeah.
1: You're, you're, you've come on here. All right, it's your podcast, so I suppose you can get away with it, right? But... You're talking, and this is what's infuriating me about this whole situation with the coronavirus, it's like all the stuff, the fake news you get spread every day on WhatsApp, people saying, oh, drink hot drinks, apparently that gets rid of it. Oh, well, obviously no one told China or Italy that all you needed was a cup of Nescafe. And you're part of the problem because you're on here confidently telling people how far you think two metres is when you, just like me and Jim, have absolutely no way of possibly knowing what constitutes two metres? It could be the length of a football pitch. It could be the length of a small s- school um, ruler.
2: I know, I know two metres. Yeah.
1: Jim, you are a man of the arts and a noted man of the arts. You are a literary man. You are not a man of science. Yeah. A
0: lot of uh, religious people believe that uh, two meters simply doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> it simply,
1: uh, uh, if, doesn't if you exist- read the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, there's several passages that imply just that.
2: Uh, uh, they believe I in am, it- I am disappointed that the party of get Brexit done is doing it in meters and not cubits. <laughs> to be honest,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, religious people believe in uh, intelligent measuring uh, yeah, they, they believe that uh, uh, at some point some divine being uh, decided how long things were uh, on the first day he did inches and then on the second and low it was good so he did feet and then he went metric after that and then he did weights towards the weekend <laughs> like, like grams and pounds Amen. and then he, and bushels he did bushels too yeah.
1: In, now, in, ancient well, it, times, in ancient times, you if you were found to be measuring something or even speculating as to the actual height or length of, of an object or person, they would hang you
0: as yes. a witch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, luckily, we've moved on from those times.
1: Thank God. Yeah. But still.
0: Yes. Not. Let's um, not.
1: All I'm saying is let's not go too far back the other way. No, no. Right. And go yeah. to, so far the other way that we are enslaved by the idea of measurement.
0: True, true, yeah, true, absolutely. Um, let the people decide uh, yes, how long two right. metres is. Uh, leave it up to the people to decide, not the yeah. so-called experts. We're yeah.
1: free human beings. We should yeah, be yeah. in control of what we believe two metres to be. Yeah. And everyone's going to have their own viewpoint, and that's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get measuring done yes so 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 sam i was on your you're doing a podcast about west ham um it's mm. called You irons isn't it you yeah. as in the letter u and then irons and uh and yeah. i did the other day and uh it was
1: good oh well, we had a uh a, a podcast round table didn't we we did very much um, so we worked with the guys through so it was you and um ex employee yeah yeah from the west ham way podcast and sean from more than just a podcast so yep. it was all all the big hitting podcasts plus my um, one which is new and not yet a big hitter but the thing is mine was launched with the the athletic which is the sports website to be uh, you know i i love obviously i love stop hammer time and um and i occasionally listen to the other podcasts as well but i thought well let's do one the athletic said do you want to do you want to do a podcast and i said well there's already really good west end podcast but No one does post-match reaction. So let's just do a short little bulletin one that's 25 minutes straight after the game. So we thought that was a good idea. Um, And then football ended. So it wasn't such a good idea anymore. Um, So that's why I thought that so net. But we want to carry it on. But suddenly the whole sort of premise for the podcast has been destroyed. Yes. Uh, So then that's why. So I don't know. I mean, the first week of this stuff, we had Tony Cotty on as a guest who I know you've had on here before. Yeah and he yep. was great and then we had him on the phone from his isolation rig yep and um actually tony Cotty, this is this is good actually you might have seen this i don't know tony cotty had actually done that day a video guide to washing your hands properly isn't that wonderful
0: oh excellent. excellent.
1: I mean tony cotty was my hero when i was a kid like my number yeah. one you know of course he was everyone's hero in he west ham but he was mine when i was a kid he was my number one the idol who was on my you know my my uh, exercise books on my wall and i just thought isn't that wonderful that you can watch tony cotty yeah. one of our greatest ever goal scorers yeah. div- giving you a tutorial on how to wash your hands clean of virus
0: it is. It is a wonderful thought. Mm. Uh, what better? Because obviously people have, uh, again, uh, our, lack of, uh, our lack of trust of experts. People mm. are going to uh, take lessons on how to um, uh, conduct vet basic household chores from yeah. people they love and admire. So, um, who
1: can, well, who can you trust now? Who can you trust if not Tony Cotti? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's who that's who you turn to for guidance at times like this.
0: Yes, what I mean, would to- what would Tony do?
1: Exactly, what, what would, would Tony, Tony do? do? And I went on his Twitter, and there he was, showing me how to wash my hands. And I've I've washed them the to- using the Tony Cotty method ah, every yeah. day ever since.
0: You you hang around the sink until yeah. Frank MacAvaney passes <laughs> you
1: the soap. I'm a sink hanger.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the um, only person I would trust more than Tony Cotty is actually Sir Trevor. So Trevor
1: if, oh, can you imagine?
2: They had, they had Trevor Brookings standing at those podiums at five o'clock yeah. on the briefings. If Trevor mm. Brookings was standing there,
1: no, yeah. the, 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 well, state,
2: yeah. the state of reassured calm that would, yeah. that would seep through the nation would be extraordinary.
1: Yeah. It'd be like, well, like I say, like I say um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the numbers are going up, but we, like I <laughs> say, trying to flatten the curve. I say flatten the curve, we're trying, well no, I mean we are trying to flatten the curve, well I'm reaching here for a good impression, it's not bad but I've not, not tried it before. Bad. It's not bad. That was pretty
0: good. One, uh, one, one interesting sidebar to doing your uh, podcast the other week is that, as we know, XWHU employee is very keen on keeping his uh, identity secret mm. from everyone else. But we did it by, by Skype. Yeah. So uh, his name <laughs> just came His real name just came up. We on know his name.
1: I feel... I feel scared to have that information now in my yeah. brain. Do you yeah, feel? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I've almost deliberately forgotten it.
1: I've been I, trying I, my best, but I, I can't it eradicate yeah, it. Yeah.
0: yeah, and now I know it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, that was, <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> it just it just came up on our screens so that we could all see it. Uh, it was very funny. Um, but... Uh, in lieu of a, a game of West Ham football to talk about, um, while we were doing U-Irons uh, on uh, whichever day it was last week, Wednesday, I think, um, the club on their website and YouTube channel were showing, uh, for the sake of nostalgia, but also because of a lack of, of actual current football, they were showing the last game at the Bolin, the uh, the um, triumphant uh, uh, 3-2 defeat of Manchester United. And uh, I believe you watched that, Jim.
2: I- we should talk, yeah. we should talk yeah. about that. Yeah, talk. It was, yeah. yeah. It was really enjoyable. I got into it. I almost yeah. kind of... Uh, there's something really rather enjoyable about watching a game where you go down and score a late winner and you kind of, instead of the usual... There is tension in a way, but you kind of know that... It's like watching a film where you know there's going to be a happy ending.
0: There's it's a good. lot of tension uh, in that game, isn't there? Um,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's... Uh, um, They score... No, we score early, don't we? Sacco. Sacco, Uh, 10 minutes or something?
2: uh, Yeah, about that, yeah. Um, And then...
0: They equalise
2: in the second half, is it? Yes, Martial. Right. Sort
0: of like... We hang on to 1-0 for a long time. They equalise... Quite early in the second half. Early in the second half, yeah. Then their
2: winner is... Minutes, I think, so uh, they 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 go two one up.
0: Is that Martial again?
2: There's Martial again, and it's a really bad. I hadn't realised, especially obviously it happened at you know we were used to being the um, the Bobby Moore, so it happened at the uh, at the at the Trevor Brooking end. Um, yeah, uh, it was a really bad goalkeeping error from Randolph interestingly yeah, I'd uh, forgotten that
0: Randolph failed. finished that season did did, yeah. it, did uh, Adrian pick up an injury or something
2: yeah it must have done yeah
0: yeah yeah because Randolph finishes yeah. the season doesn't I he? mean
2: um I, I mean I was so caught up in a way I was so caught up in the kind of everything else around the game and the emotion of it and everything that I, I kind of had slightly hazy recollection of the actual match apart from the kind of the two the, the equaliser and the winning goal were very well know, yeah very just impressive. but the rest of the game just a, you know i i i'd got quite hazy about and i haven't yeah. really remembered uh, w- w- what was striking was that how completely we dominated the game we yeah absolutely battered we played them off the park in the first half especially
0: yeah yeah and um, we uh, we spurned a lot of chances i we did. About. yeah we, we should you been know two or we, three. We, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it was still Van Hull, wasn't it? Louis Van Hull at that yes. time. Yeah. Um, who, yeah. yeah. Um, but then the... Um, the Our equaliser is Antonio. Antonio. Our right-back, Mikel Antonio, in that's that right. game. Yeah. Uh, and that's late, isn't it? It's late. And we think, oh, well, to all. And then uh, read. Steps up with a winner on about the yeah yeah eighty fifth eighty sixth
2: minute, I think yeah right.
0: yeah yeah amazing amazing uh, yeah. shape of the game you know yeah. it could
2: it could be a, a slight p- keeping error from De Gea he kind of should have saved it he kind of gets a good hand to it and doesn't quite keep it out
0: yeah yeah
2: um, yeah it was great it
0: was brilliant do you remember of that game Sam
1: yeah I remember that game really well went with my brother Dom you know um, yeah yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it was just it had the lot, didn't it? I mean, even, you know, the disturbances outside the ground, Mm -hmm. although, of course, you know, they were wrong and awful. At the same time, the atmosphere that they generated, it was like it was like God had sort of the God of football had kind of rolled up every great moment and every great element of going to West Ham over yeah, the years yeah, and chucked it all down at once because the atmosphere outside the ground, the whole kind of the, the, the sense of anarchy and kind of mild menace, but at the same time, not really. No. Um, just sort of the, the madness, chaos, anarchy and mild menace before uh, around the streets of Upton Park combined with the the sort of lunacy and excitement and thrills and spills and ebb and flow of the match itself against a club like Manchester United. Yeah. To me, the whole experience of that night on and off the pitch just encapsulated West Ham right down to the, at times, slightly shabby uh, post-match celebration. That too was quintessentially (laughs) West Ham. Like I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, you know, Tottenham, Tottenham's one. Uh, they had well, funny enough, my brother Theo is a Spurs fan. He made the. He was commissioned by. He, he, he's a director, and he was commissioned to make the uh, farewell White Hart Lane film.
0: Oh, really? Wow! And I didn't
1: know that. as a brother, I were and they screened this on the final day to the whole stadium at at White Hart Lane, and it also went out on Sky Sports. And as a brother, I was very proud of him. And I suppose as an objective sort of uh, observer, I thought, "Oh, a very well-made film. But as a wildly partisan, Spurs-hating West Ham fan, I thought, they got fucking Kenneth Branagh to narrate the whole thing, right? <laughs> Do you know what he sounded like? He sounded like me trying to impress Jim, right? <laughs> oh, no. It, it was embarrassing. <laughs> like, suddenly oh. Branagh. Right, has announced himself as a bloody Spurs fan, right? Which right, for a start yeah. was just weird, as if, like, oh, who should we go to? The, someone to really capture the spirit of White Hart Lane and someone who's synonymous with Tottenham and a passion for this great club. Well, it's got to be Branner, hasn't it? And yeah. Branner did this awful, lovey, sort of theatrical, uh, po- you know, poetic sort of performance. And it was the whole thing was just that yeah. horrible and stupid. But sorry, Theo, it was great. You were a great director. But uh, West Ham's one—you you wouldn't want all that, would you? I liked it that it was no. sort of like Marlon Harewood in a black cab, bundling yeah. across, yeah, <laughs> yeah. bundling inexplicably, driving across the pitch at Upton Park, while Ben Shepherd and that girl off Sky Sports just looked confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some fire shot out of the ground. It was bloody yeah. great. I loved it.
0: Uh, Cockney rejects. Cockney rejects played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Everything was, was great. Yeah. It was uh, it was great. It was great. It was a it was a fantastic day. But it, it's it's it is a you know a, a great game for the neutral because it's it's you know the goals happen at the right time for to you know keep the kind of tension uh, of that game right up until the you know last gasp winner. And uh, well, it's a fantastic game
2: of football. The intensity of it, you know, the pace. Of it, it was really it was a brilliant game. We played fantastically well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, one or two performances really stood out. You know that, that you, you that yet you, you take you aback. Really, I, I was shocked at how good Andy Carroll was. I, I absolutely bullied their um, their central defence. Smalling had an absolute nightmare against him, and he mm-hmm. and, you know um, and Lanzini,
0: Lanzini
2: yeah. absolutely ran that game. He was he was brilliant. He outshone Pyatt on that on that night. Pyatt had a kind of quiet game by his standards but then assisted for the two goals you know yeah uh, yeah with pinpoint uh, balls into the box but um but Lanzini was just imperious and it it makes you realize just how you know what a shadow of himself he's he's become since that injury really
0: yeah
2: he was just fantastic
0: yeah, yeah. It's a show. Well, maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll see the best of him you again. So. But he's said... Yeah,
2: you really hope so, don't you? Because yeah, it was. It was. It was fantastic that
0: night. All right. Um, well, let's uh, carry on uh, after this message. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag coolerkingbike. Cooler.bike. E bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Uh, yes, we, we were talking about that 2016 uh, last game at Upton Park. Um, yes, um, now we are in a period of uh, uh, no football, and uh, on the on the uh, on the day of uh, doing your podcast, Sam, we didn't get around to it. But I was thinking. Uh, um, I was just starting to think of games that didn't happen to us because obviously we've now not played Wolves, yeah. not played uh, Spurs, and I don't know who we were supposed to not play this weekend, but we haven't played I them call either. them.
1: I call them ghost matches. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, exactly, <laughs> yes. Um, but I was thinking about matches that got kind of uh, um, called off at the last minute um, because one game that popped into my head, Jim, uh, was one that would have been around 95. It was a week night, and we used to go to the Central after games. So yeah, the game um, got called off. I don't know if we were inside the ground when it was called off. I think we were... Maybe queuing outside it was called. So we went to the central, and uh, Cotty was in was there. That, was
2: that a game against QPR?
0: Yeah, QPR.
2: QPR. I think yeah, it was a
0: waterlogged pitch.
2: The pub. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that was the one I was going to say.
0: Right, right. Yeah, waterlogged pitch.
1: I just researched that before the game. It was it was pouring down with rain. It was absolutely, <laughs> it was madness. Yeah. And um, hang on, I've, I've researched this somewhere. I think it was 90, February 1995. That's yeah. right.
0: It was, yeah. It was February
1: nineteen ninety five, and yeah. it was a midweeker, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in the week,
0: definitely. And I,
1: I, I think I was a student, and I'd come all the way up from Brighton, which is I was at Sussex University. I, I, used, to, I used to I kept my season ticket when I was at university. We used to come up, me and my mate, for all the games, and we got all the way up there and uh, arrived at the supporters' club. And about five minutes after we got there and ordered our first pint, we were told it was called off. Right, uh, but so we sometimes the sense of anarchy, the sense of anarchy that sort of surrounds you when something completely unexpected like that happens, yeah. is really exciting and fun because suddenly you had a whole evening in, on, uh, on your hands in London that you weren't expecting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
1: Uh, we went um, and we went on a uh, wonderful uh, with everyone else who we were meeting up with. It game went on a wonderful drunken adventure. <laughs>
0: right. So
1: very fond memories of that night.
0: Did you go into town? Or just stay in the
1: sports no, club? No, we were supposed to go back to, we usually, you know, after the game got the last train back to Brighton. Right. But we were in a supporters club and one of my brothers is a QPR fan and yeah. he was coming along to watch it with us. We'd got him a ticket and at, l- at the last minute, my bird brother had just mentioned the Tottenham fan. He thought, oh, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. If the others are all going, I'll I'll come too. And so we all met up in the supporters club. And when the game was cancelled, we thought, well, we might as well stay here. It's pouring down Rome. We'll keep drinking here until Mm. they throw us out. And when we got out, it was myself, one of my brothers is a West Ham fan, one's a QPR fan, one's a Spurs fan, and a bunch of other West Ham fans we were with. And my brother's QPR fan is, when he's drunk, he's a very, we we call him Lord Shovington when he's drunk because he becomes extremely shovy and obnoxious. He's one of those drunks. Yes, and so what he decided to do is we stumbled out at closing from um, from the supporters club, you know, down, what's it called? Castle Road, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. It just, yeah.
1: just by the entrance to the Bobby Moore. As yeah, we yeah. came out, he decided he was sufficiently drunk to think it would be a good idea to start singing QPR songs. Right. Yes. And for one moment, I thought, oh, no, this is awkward because now my brother is going to get set upon by some West Ham fans and I will find myself torn between a sense of fraternal love and protection and, you know, West Ham. Yeah. (laughs) But then whilst this was flashing through my mind, I heard my other brother, Dom, who is a West Ham fan, calling to me and the rest (laughs) of our friends, come on, let's beat him up. And so we did beat him up. (laughs) <laughs> we <laughs> we beat him badly uh <laughs> and drunkenly outside we beat our own brother up outside the supporters club. <laughs> i mean
2: That's
1: i was scary, only 19 though. at the time and it seemed like tremendous fun and i'd half forgotten this until you mentioned you mentioned the other night this yeah. game and so i take i've got a brothers group on whatsapp between the four of us that i've been communicating we've all been chatting a a lot you know during this lockdown period and so you said about games and i i remembered but i couldn't remember any of the details so i i texted i said was there a game in the 90s that we all went to upton park and got rained off my brother Cass said yes that was qpr i remember really well because you all kicked my head in outside The su- your supporters club. Brilliant. What made it even worse was even my brother Theo, who was a neutral in the whole thing.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. he, di- he didn't have to claim a side. He was a Spurs fan. No one knew he was a Spurs fan, but he could have said, "Right, like, he joined in because it's <laughs> yeah. that disgusting herd mentality, isn't it, Phil? <clears throat> <clears throat>
2: Do
1: you know <throat> what I mean? Some, once yeah, someone yeah. goes down and their their drink's been had, people just want to stick the boot in, whoever yeah, yeah. it is on the floor,
0: yeah, because yeah, yeah.
1: inside you're just delighted it's not you.
0: I mean, is there anything good that's got the word herd at the beginning of it? Herd immunity doesn't <laughs> work. Herd immunity is good, yeah. Boris Johnson, yeah. he reckoned that that would work, and then he got it. Through, mm. through his own use of his own idea, which was herd immunity, go around yeah. and actively shake more people's hands than yeah. you would have if you didn't have the coronavirus. No but,
1: you, no, but it is working because in order to become immune, you have to first get it. Yes. So by getting it, he's got it, and so he's the real hero i mean if we we haven't got it so we're the cowards
0: um
1: but we might i think that's how the theory works we
0: might have got it and don't know because we're immune to it yeah. So we are already exercising oh, bird immunity maybe. by not getting it to the extent that we don't even know we've got it. We had a bit of a cold for a couple of days. Well, I'll then- tell
1: you this much. Back in 1995, there were, my brother Cass had no immunity whatsoever from um, a right good kicking from a bunch of West Ham fans and one uh, Spurs fan.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. three of his brothers. Excellent,
0: excellent What a heartwarming It's a heartwarming story tale. isn't it It's yeah, a lovely yeah. story games yeah. used to, um, before, before under pitch heating Games didn't go ahead uh, Often around Christmas and New Year that That's of
1: why a, we didn't win the league in 86 Yeah, That's why we didn't win yeah. the league in 86 In yeah. fact, that which reminds me um, I have to bring this up I was listening to last week's episode of this show uh-huh. And I always enjoy It when Jim Loses his shit, and there was there was a there was an ugly, sickening moment on last last week's um last week's episode. You noticed
0: that too, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was horrible. You rightly pulled Jim up on it.
0: I did. yeah, Yeah,
1: the show had been a very pleasant listen. Yes, and then all of a sudden, Jim said started. So the most ugly vitriol started dripping from Jim's lips about (laughs) Liverpool Football Club. Something
0: Uh, snapped, didn't it? It was
1: astonishing. It was like a a a light
0: switch was turned on. And And I could
1: tell that you were actually scared. I mean, I was glad that uh, I could tell that you were grateful not to be in the same room as him.
0: I was. I became very afraid, and uh, uh, in fact, they conducted the rest of the podcast uh, with the laptop and myself, different sides of the door, at uh, safe so,
1: distance. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was it was reminiscent of Jim's outburst all those years ago about the original um, name?
0: Uh, mm. Jimmy Cabe, the original Jim Grant yeah. outburst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was reminiscent. It had a touch yeah. of that about it, yeah. and it was mad. But it was because, and I, I was sort of, you know, I was shouting at my own iPhone right. <laughs> like you right. know people someone shout the radio is a podcast I was shouting at my iPhone I said but Jim it was because we didn't have under soil heating it wasn't their fault and that, <laughs> yeah. I that's true Jim well, I mean and, it wasn't their and, fault and, they won and, the league
2: and and, and uh, endless replays in the FA Cup we had that cup tie against Ipswich that just yeah. went on and on and on and on is and, that, and that, that, the, that sort of the orange ball
1: those are all legitimate excuses yeah. right and they're all, a bit, but Liverpool had nothing to do with any of that, Jim. Yeah. But, uh, try
2: maybe.
0: telling, try telling Jim <laughs> that. I've tried I've so, so many us times.
2: Title, but they still denied us getting into Europe. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that
1: was it. You blame the Heysel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: never. I've, I've yeah, because that really
1: was the really uh, that was it. That was the <laughs> really bad thing about Heisel, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: It was, uh, it was uh it was haunting <laughs> harrowing it was um, it was like Enoch. that's Powell's why Rivers everyone was,
1: was so cross. that's why yeah. that's why i so angry about what happened was
2: why yeah I, was why I was angry yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes uh, and then
0: the other other called off games were the uh, the um uh, floodlight failure against crystal palace
2: yeah
1: oh and that, that game so, was wasn't there a dodgy betting syndicate from malaysia think, involved in that, that was, was, yeah yeah
0: yeah, it, it was at that it time because I think it had happened at a couple of other games as well. Uh, the floodlights we equalised
2: and then the lights went. It was it two all.
0: It was two all. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and the floodlights just, just went an
2: out. and the lights went out.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. And yeah. that was that was it. Everyone they, yeah. they were going. We have to go home now. Uh, yeah. And that was it. Extraordinary. Um, <clears throat> and it was it was at the height of that kind of Malaysian betting syndicate scandal that there was another game where. Uh, Paul Kitson yeah, inexplicably the kicked yeah. the ball out from the kickoff of the game, I yeah. think. That's my memory of it, and my memory yeah. of these things is often inaccurate. He no, basically right. he just kicks it into the crowd from kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think we at the time went, because I think maybe the floodlight thing had happened before that, or at least um, game rigging from Malaysian betting syndicates was in the news. And we were going... Yeah. I was a bit suspicious when he did that. It's a bit odd, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it was all very odd at that time. I've got this phantom game in my head. We've talked about this, Jim, that uh, I think maybe didn't happen. and There's a sort of conflation of several things that did happen. That There was a kind of torrential downpour of rain, and we're playing a lower league team in a cup match. Rio's playing in it. And that game is called off, and we have to go home. The referee blows his whistle and, and says <laughs> this game can't carry on. But I've looked for that game and it seems not to have yeah. existed. I can
2: remember, I think it was a game against Newcastle, another night game that was called off like in, you know, monsoon conditions. Right. But I think that was before it had started. Before but I, remember it started. Into, yeah. I remember getting into the ground though. And um, yeah, you know, there were puddles everywhere. And um, I remember Maybe. the referee coming out and kind of, throwing a ball around and sort of work you know will the ball roll and, and yeah you could see obviously it was going to get called off and i remember that night particularly yeah yeah on, i, I that think that was the night i was in the nathan's queue and they ran out of pies right and i got i got one of the last pies in the shop she then came you, out <laughs> and, came and out you and went... went down the went down the queue going how many pies do you want now how many pies you want pies love who wants a pie we've only got oh no, and then, then they kind of drew a line and a lot of disgruntled people had to kind of leave because they, Nathans had literally run out of pies.
0: And then, Sam, you're like this, Jim went back and firebombed Nathans. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah
1: Fucking Nathans, they had it coming.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. <laughs> I've... So, uh, they- I've-
0: they made me hungry. I've never forgiven them. They Disgusting. Ran out of pies and they made me hungry. Scum.
2: Well, what, I, what annoyed me, what annoyed me uh, uh, is that there were people still having their double-doubles in front of us oh. instead of, uh, in, a, in, a, hey, in a sort God. of spirit of of togetherness and, and yeah. sharing, thinking, well, no, I'll just go cut down to one so that more people in the queue can have a pie. God. They were, yeah, no, I'm having double double love
0: su mass, please, love. Yeah, and, uh, and
1: uh, I've got a good one that I've just looked through because I found a list of them online, oh, yeah. actually on a yeah. programs site, rare programs. Because if you keep the oh, yeah. program from a called off game, it's extra valuable.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I went to this. It was Charlton away on New Year's Day, two thousand and three. Oh, uh, I went with my mate Nev and Darren, and we drove there. Think I drove everyone there and it was a fuck of a but it was a long journey, you know, all the way down to Charlton from where we were all in West London and it was a really long journey in the rain. And we got there. New Year's Day, which is always a bit of a miserable day anyway, isn't it? Try you're trying to salvage something from the day by at least going to watch football. And we got all the way there, parked, got in the car. And it was announced it was rained off. And it, on this website that I'm looking at, it's got the reasons next to the, the reason for cancellation. Right. And it doesn't even say waterlogged pitch. It just says heavy rain, which no. is a rubbish reason. to. Clear. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if, if if it says waterlogged pitch, like literally it rained so much that there was puddles on the pitch the ball wouldn't have moved. I'm just about okay. But it's just like, oh, it's raining. Oh, what, what sort it, yeah. of rain? Oh, it's heavy rain. Oh, yeah, yeah. we better not go out. <laughs> the players it, yeah. might get hurt. That's-
2: yeah, saw a game off not that long ago. It might have been against Wolves, uh, where, where the the um, uh, was up to park, but the, the pitch was was playable. Was fine, but there was some icy bits around uh yeah yeah it was um over
0: it was there was a sort of christmas in january it's funny isn't it because in 10 years time we'll probably have conversations where we go do you remember when there was that sort of flu type thing and everyone had to stay in for three months and we go oh yeah and um and in fact this It was January, it's 2010 is the year, so it's, you know, so it's 10 years ago. Um, There was this Christmas in January where, like, you know, people were just sending each other Facebook clips and the TV was full of people falling over and, like, sort of sliding an absurdly long distance down a steep hill. And uh, everyone was just falling over all the time because there was this this hardened ice that uh, just never melted or it would melt a bit and then freeze again in my car.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: In my car, uh, there's a hill near me called Shepherd's Hill, and uh, I was driving back from Jim, uh, our friends in uh, Ironbridge in Shropshire. So that was yeah. probably like just after New Year or something. Turned into Shepherd's Hill, and there's a parade of cars going down, you know, like uh, uh, social distancing distances from each other, like sort of five or six yards. And then in front of me one just very slowly lost control and uh, just banged into the one in front of it. And then those two slid down slowly together and hit one in front of them. And people were just getting out and abandoning their cars at the side of the road and sort of walking home through this treacherous ice. And um, it was quite extraordinary. And I don't think anything had happened really like like that for years before or since then and they cancelled that game not because of anything that happened to the pitch or anything they were just going it's too dangerous for people to go outside and walk around because they might fall over
2: yeah and we don't want to get sued
0: yeah yeah it was sort of extraordinary
2: safety gone mad
1: in it
0: oh yeah Yeah. safety gone mad
1: um yes uh, that the other sad thing I was about that New Year's Day game I just mentioned that I was just I was just remembering it and I associated it with a very sad feeling and I think mainly cuz you know I'm I'm always in a bad mood on New Year's Day and it rained off and then we just had to repeat the same miserable journey we'd done all the way back again but also uh, I think that was either the day or the day after Joe Strummer died
0: Ah, uh, two thousand and two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, three, three. Right, right. Yeah. Three. Yes. Oh, very sad. God, I didn't realize <laughs> that sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. we were listening in the car to you know some to clap to the Clash in in mm. sort of tribute of him. And so was a, there was an extra, an, you know, a West Ham game cancelled, and Strummer dies all in yeah. one day. Yeah. It's a that's a bad start to the that year, is a isn't
0: bad it? Bad season, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is bad. That is bad. Um, Moving on, let us uh, do a little bit of what we did last week with Jim Munro, because that sort of went very well as talking points. Uh, uh, we had a couple of little questions to sort of fire at each other to start, start uh, a few debating points, and um, we'll sort of do that for the remaining few minutes of this podcast. Jim, what are yours?
2: Right, so my, my two for you, for, for you chaps. Um, firstly, uh, was there a player that you liked but everyone else sort of, uh, thought was crap. Like we all your we ma- thought thought he's, he's shit or jet ge- was generally deemed not very good, but you had a kind of, you not just like them in a quirky way in the way I had sort of kind of man love for Kevin Keane, but a kind of, you know, you thought he was good. Your opinion of him was, he was a good player, but everyone else just doesn't understand his, uh, his, mm. his, his mm, mm. skills and his, what he, what he brings to the party.
0: It's it's funny because social media sometimes kind of uh, uh, because conversations are kept alive that would have normally sort of died closer to the to the time the player was around. I suppose for me, um, a, a classic example would be Samasi Abu, who mm-hmm. history has recorded as he was a bit of a sort of a joke somehow, you know, because of the chant with his name yeah. and all that stuff, but. Um, there's a YouTube clip of us absolutely battering someone like Barnsley. Um, I think we beat them by like six or something. And he's amazing in it. And he's doing a lot of very modern sort of back heels and, you know, um, Ways of redirecting the ball That everyone does now But Mm. didn't really do so much In about 1996 Or whenever this game was And he's really good He's really good And I remember uh, Because he was sort of Kept out of the team A little bit by Hartson and Kitson If they were both fit Abu didn't really get a game But um, he sort of History sort of treated him a little bit roughly, as if there was this affection for him uh, that was really to do with the fact that we found a funny way of chanting his name, um, and that's really all he was to the club. He was sort of quite yeah. good, you know. Yeah, good shout. He
1: was good. He was a good. He was a great. Um substitute in fact because and obviously famously were a great partnership but we did need backup and I remember in that era he was a he was a sort of a maverick figure because he was unpredictable in his style of play because of those flicks and and whatnot that he did which like you say was much more unusual in those days yeah yeah. he was he was the sort of play that you don't get anymore in fact which is a a sort of now, now you cannot be in the Premier League unless you are effectively a complete player capable of doing every single type of football, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, um, whereas he was just someone who could come on and be unpredictable up front. And he yeah. scored a few important goals for us. He
2: Sports, did. Yeah. I, I remember I have visions, recollections of a kind of end of the season in, in which, you know, it was that period with red, Nat where we started to be, finish quite regularly in the top half or be mm. safe. Mm. Um, and so we could we could kind of relax and and there were there were a lot of very entertaining games towards the end of the season around about that time. Yeah, and I remember there was one where he obviously must have got he played quite a few of those games because maybe someone was injured and scored quite a few goals. And I think that's where the champ thing really took off. And he scored some great goals. You yeah, know, so really, really kind of. Uh, but he did. He, hit the, he missed the penalty in that cup quarter-final replay against Arsenal. Against Arsenal, yeah. That, that's his kind of, you know, that, yeah. that sticks out, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. yeah. No, no, good one. Do you have one, Sam?
1: Well, I was just going to flip it round on you lazily and say, who <laughs> is a... And what was your one? Who, who's a player that you thought was good? Oh yeah. So who do you who who does everyone love but you secretly thought I reckon he's bang overrated and shit?
2: Um oh, oh I'm just no do
1: have I Oh hang on a minute though, hang on, hang on. Before we get on to that, when yeah. you yeah. said do you have one? Yeah, yeah. Do I have asked, an answer yeah, to your yeah, question?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, d- the reason I struggle with this is I'm unsure as to which players were regarded as shit. Because I kind of get it when you say a boo, but I always quite liked a boo. And you mentioned briefly Kevin Keane there, who I always really thought was a great player. But yeah. I'm aware that some people used to not like him. I'm not sure if he was regarded as, as not good or not. But I always thought... <laughs>
0: I, I think, think that it, is the question. I think that is the, you know, that yeah. there are some that that are quite roundly not liked by
1: a lot, yeah. of people. but it not was,
0: everyone, you know, they, yeah.
1: I mean, I suppose, I suppose you could say, you know, probably the worst player I've seen play for West Ham regularly, as opposed to just like some player who came on loan and played one game was Lee Chapman. Yeah. Uh, yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I think there's no, yeah, the, 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 he had no redeeming features. Ian Dowie, on the other hand, well, had for me loads of redeeming features, but again, I'm not sure if he was, uni- I think he was quite liked, wasn't he? Um, in, I, well, I, I yeah, in a, kind yeah.
2: Of, in a kind of everybody realized he was trying hard,
1: trying his best. Trying. That was the difference between him and Chapman. Yeah. yeah. But I tell you, I'm going to plump for, I'm going to plump for Steve Jones. Do you remember Steve Jones? Yes. Yes. He, he yes. was often vying for a place in the team against Trevor Morley. And also Matthew Rush, yeah, who was the winger, but could also sometimes play through the middle. And Jones was often left on the bench. But I, during that period in the early nineties, bloody loved him. I thought it was yeah. great because he, he was the quickest of all of those strikers that we had. I think, and yeah. he was, and it, it, yeah, I just thought he was quick, and I thought that if we just gave him a chance. It was one of those. I was like, if we just yes. gave him a chance, he'd be able to yeah. play for England. I I truly yeah. believed that. <laughs> and it's I once cool. uh, we cool. once at Wimbledon away, it, we were at a Wimbledon away game at Selhurst Park when they played there. And after the game, myself and a couple of mates managed to sneak in to the players' bar. Right, we sort of blagged our way in. And ended up staying there the whole night. But it was funny because we were like, we were teenagers and we kind of got in there and were so delighted to be in there. But then because there was other, there was footballers in there, Uh, but we skulked for the whole evening. We didn't go up and talk to anyone. We were too shy. But right towards the end, I did that thing. I'm going to go up and say something just before we leave. (laughs) So I went up to Steve Jones and went, Steve, I just want to say, it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> and i reckon you should definitely be in that team with Morley. and morley <laughs> and he sort of went, oh. Oh, all right mate it looks oh, a bit mate. like can be like go away <laughs> um so yeah i loved him that much that i approached him wow. like a you know like a, a a love-struck teenager
0: actually i tell you I tell you what um our Good friend, uh, Matt Liston, very good friend of this podcast. Uh, he has a real hatred of two things uh, poetry and um, Steve and uh, Scott Minto. Oh, uh, and I, I, Scott Minto didn't play, didn't seem to play for us for all that long, maybe a season, left back, wasn't he? Or maybe he was right back. Left but back. Uh, I thought he was all right, you know, it didn't set the world on fire, but I'm, I've never quite understood Matt's absolute ire, it could
1: be. I don't know if you've ever watched Scott Minto on TV. He became Mm, a television presenter on Sky. Oh, you don't have Sky, do you? But he's on Sky. Right. And he's got what I believe is known in the entertainment industry as a shit-eating smile. (laughs) <laughs> right, he, right. He, he, he's like a man who's been to tv presenter finishing school <laughs> right um right. and it there's there's something that kind of makes the skin crawl slightly right. when you're watching me he's too eager to be slick right. and to be liked and I, yeah. it it made a lot of people go off him and I don't know, we'd have to ask Matt. Maybe Matt's, yeah. Maybe yeah. Matt's prejudice is entirely based on his football uh, performance West Ham. He was a bang average player for us, but he was not shit. I tell you yeah, his words, when you're talking about shit left backs, we've had um, Mitchell Thomas was has got to yes. be there or thereabouts.
2: Uh, Gary Charles.
1: Gary Charles was right back.
2: I was, yeah, and was funnily right
1: enough, back. they were both signed from Benfica. I think they both ended up at Benfica during the Graham Sunis era, when Graham right. Sunis briefly yeah, yeah. managed them and took quite a few Portuguese players out there. And I think we got both of them back from oh, Benfica. God.
0: Right.
2: Yes. My um my my player that I liked that everybody else thought was crap. My secret, like who I actually thought was quite good, was, was a boy called Keith Rowland. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. Rodin,
1: yeah. Oh, I was it? You, it, yeah,
2: Keith Roden was good, yeah. And he got dogs abuse from people around us in the uh, Bobby
1: Yeah, World. he did. Yeah.
2: He had a cultured left boot.
1: Yeah, I would say. I think he played either left back and also left midfield and was really good at crossing.
2: He was a bit like the uh, Kenny Brown. He, he did yeah, he tended yeah. to fill in. He was a bit yeah. like yeah. It was it was it was
0: before Utility, Jonathan like. Spector and after yeah. Kenny Brown. Yeah, it was yeah. like he yeah. yeah. was a kind of and and yeah. in a funny way they were all sort of slightly similar looking in that they were. Specter yeah. Spector was a little bit better looking, but they were quite yeah. um they were they were sort of appropriately quite beige looking players. Yeah, yeah. But,
1: yeah. I would yeah. say I would say if we were doing best looking left backs, then I would put Scott Minto pretty high.
0: Right. Because of his presenter. Yeah. his he
1: does, his, Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he, he's a good look in a convention, in a sort of a, a catalog model kind of way.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You've got to hand it to him on that front. You can't knock him. But then you look at Julian, best left back yeah. we've ever had, arguably. Yeah. yeah. Not, I can't see him in the CNA catalogue in the menswear section, can you?
0: I mean, CNA, possibly. CNA, he might have sneaked into CNA, but certainly not Uh, John Lewis. I tell you what, if he
1: had, I wouldn't buy a jumper who was modelling. And that's (laughs) no no disrespect to him. He's a hero of mine, but no. And funny enough, most people would probably say our second best left back ever would be Frank Lampard Sr. Sr. Also, 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 no (laughs) looker.
0: No uh, looker by any means. No, That's quite
1: the opposite.
0: Um, and Sam, what was yours then? What was your question to us? Okay, uh, I
1: was going to ask you that one. Who do you, I've realised, actually, by stealing Jim's question and flipping it around, it becomes a lot more... It becomes boring, because I'm basically saying, who do you think's overrated, which is quite well-worn. Yeah. So I've got another one. Yeah, uh, This is actually one that I want to start compiling on new irons. Um, right. But I, here's as good a place to start as anywhere. I want to compile the mo- the top 100 most west Hamiest moments in west ham's history
0: oh yes yes
1: and i will nominate the game in i believe 1991 1990 1991 we were trying to get promoted uh, from the old first division second division whatever they called it back then um it was in our second year down there it was Billy Bonds' first season in charge. It went down to the final game. I think, let me just see if I can find a league table here. Uh, well, anyway, it was us versus I can't remember who to go up. I think Oldham, maybe. And the last game of the season, we had to beat Notts County at Not Upton County. Park. Yeah. And. It was, you know, I mean, Notts County were decent. I think they ended up actually going up through the playoffs under Neil Warnock that year. But, you know, the whole thing was laid on a plate for us. Upton Park in the glorious sunshine, a May day in 1991, we yeah, all went ready
2: very vividly to, to yeah. invade
1: the pitch and get our little bit of turf to take home and grow on our windowsills, right? Yeah. And uh, we bloody lost it 2 1. So Did
2: we uh, one nil up.
1: We yeah, we went one, we went one nil up. We lost it, and I think what it was was I think Oldham, who I'm pretty certain was the team who ended up winning it. I yeah. think they we thought we were okay anyway because they'd been losing as well, right? So we thought, well, yeah. you know, we just have to get a, as the same result as them. <laughs> and I think maybe even if they drew, we'd be all right. And so then the last we had was they were drawing. So at the final whistle, we invaded the pitch. And a huge party broke out and everyone was going crazy and celebrating. And then you could hear them trying to make a voice, trying to make itself heard on the tannoy. And I remember vividly that I was going to my mates, hang on a minute, hang on a minute and listening. And the first words I heard through all the noise and celebration was, but just remember, we're still going up. And that's the main thing. And I thought, <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. We <laughs> bloody blown it. Oldham have won, so the party had been in full swing for a good ten minutes before the word started spread That in fact we hadn't won the league, oh, too, and yeah. we'd all been singing champions and all the rest of it. And <laughs> uh, and so suddenly the celebration, the edge was taken off it. And so that is the first thing that I would like to nominate for the West Hammiest Hall of Fame.
2: Oh, that's yeah, good, good I
0: um, mean, I I'd have to Go on, go on, go on
2: Jim. I was going to say on the Oma on Yimni episode. Uh, yeah, right, that's yeah. mine. Yeah.
0: All uh, right. Well, we, um, uh, yeah, well, go on, Jim. We, 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 wow. we, we, we win a game of football, don't we? Um, in, in the gap. That, cap. that yeah. happens, uh, it's replayed, and uh, we lose it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sort of complex. All it's a complex
2: we'll- <laughs> <sort> of set,
0: <laughs> set of interdependent things, isn't it? Because yeah. we're the better team, but they get a replay. And so we lose it. And doesn't Deganio miss a penalty?
2: He missed the penalty.
0: Against David James.
2: Yes. But, I mean, so who, who were we, we playing? Nee come on Aston Villa. He'd been on loan somewhere.
0: Yeah,
2: like, I don't know. Gillingham. I, guess, so, Gillingham, I think Gillingham, Gillingham. I think it might have been Gillingham. It was Gillingham. Um, he'd been on loan somewhere, and he'd come on in that cup as a substitute, right at the end of it, one of the games, and he'd forgotten. He forgot to mention it, and of course, somehow the club, the club being run, in that was what really, was really west. That was the kind of ghastly outcome, but also the sort of sense in which, over the years. You know, wet, wet, a key element of West Haminess is this just total, uh, you know, Keystone Cops uh, running of the club.
1: Unprofessionalism. Um, um,
2: it's just amateurishness. Just back, of, back of, yeah, you know. And, and so nobody had bloody checked, you know, whether or not. It just needed a phone call or something, didn't it? Just the idea that you're running a professional football club mm. and you don't know that one of your players is cup tied. Yeah, uh, yeah very West Hammy
1: and Harry I've heard Harry talk about it since because Harry loves all these stories of how of what a shit show it was at West Ham (laughs) (laughs) he's made a fortune out of it not just by being paid by us but then subsequently by retelling what a shit show it was and being paid handsomely for the anecdote. (laughs) and I've heard him tell that story and he always contrives to be furious about as if he's the one who was the most put out and Harry you were the manager He's like, I couldn't believe it. I said, stick him on. And then only later someone say he was cup tied. And I'm thinking, but the buck has to stop with you for that. It has to. But he's still now, he's like, you hear him talk about it, and he's just livid. He's got a clever way of flipping it around, that before you've got a chance to uh, question his role in it, he's going livid and pointing the finger at someone else, which sort of distracts you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, that, I mean, that was... Um, uh, the Omayemi o- incident is a perfect sort of conflation of sort of shitty things kind of happening on the pitch, mm. but also yeah. a, a kind of administrative level. I mean, it probably is as West ham as it possibly can be, mm. you know. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Justin, it doesn't... I can't off the top of my head really think of one, but um, it's just that... Uh, Penalty to go three one up, I think, against uh, Arsenal, Arsenal and Freddie Canuti. Freddie Canuti just rolls it to the goalkeeper. You sort of go, oh, stick that away, mate. And you know, but not only, you know, does that sort of not win us that game, which, which we would have worked hard and mm. got a good victory. We sort of drew it. And it seemed to like signal a mental collapse of the side that lasted the rest of the season. And caused it's course, isn't
1: it? Like it, with football, you can sort of trace anything back. You could potentially trace anything back to being almost like, um, our Archduke Ferdinand moment yeah. Uh, where you sort of think had that penalty gone in, uh we would have won that game against Arsenal, who I think were the champions at the time. Three one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you can trace you could you could arguably trace everything to today from that moment. So yeah. we score, we go into the top three. There's you know, a, a really talented team builds yeah. on from there, is confident. Confidence. We end up getting into Europe at the end of the season. Yeah. We grow the club from there we get more money, we sign better players, and today who knows where we <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah, right, a bit, but Canute yeah. misses yeah. that bloody yeah. penalty, yeah. and all these years yeah. later, here we are stuck in, <laughs> stuck in this <laughs> sterile industrial estate being <laughs> run by clowns. <laughs> And, yeah. and in a perennial relegation dogfight. But
0: the
2: weird yeah. thing about that moment, though, is I think a lot of us went home, because it's in August, right? So you've got the mm. whole of the season ahead. But actually, it was. It was that, that sort of sense that we'd absolutely, particularly even the first half, we'd absolutely played Arsenal off the park. And, yeah. uh, you know, Joe Cole was, was running the show, scored a goal. And it, you know, it was that, you know, when they equalised... Because we didn't lose the game, but it felt yeah. like one of those draws that felt feels like a loss, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. Will Tord, I think it was, got a late um, equaliser, and I actually went home and I was, I was, you know, went around, uh, I was uh, to friends of ours, you know, and, and uh, talking football, and I said, I actually said, "Oh God, I think we might be in trouble now." I actually mm. remember saying it, and it had that awful feeling that it was a kind of the pivotal moment of the season had already happened. Mm. And now, Sam, you're suggesting the pivotal moment of the entire history, yeah. of, the history of West Ham. Yeah, 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 that was it. Yeah, that was
1: yeah. it. But you never know. You could trace any moment to that, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah. Any yes. moment at all, you yeah. could trace on on in or our defeat to Notts County. Yeah. <laughs> any of these moments could be the the key catalyst in in us in that where we are now. But but then again, you know, look at look at the likes of Leeds United. You know, or Sheffield Wednesday, or Nottingham Forest. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, All all clubs of of similar size to us, if not bigger. And they must
0: be looking at those moments all the time mustn't they yeah you know? and
1: you sort of think, well we, what have we got to complain about we're still in the top flight i suppose so
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. maybe that's a point at which we should uh, wrap this up even though we haven't yeah. necessarily got through all of our questions we've hit probably about the hour mark so maybe we should uh, um go back and scavenge for food and feed our families uh yeah. at this particular yeah. point um yeah, yeah. so uh, uh no predictions for the uh, <laughs> well, there's our usual Wednesday do we predict the system these the season will start again uh, i can't remember if it, that move to the end of april was had happened than the last time we did one of these but uh uh i can't remember what we said i think i said june ah fuck it we did it didn't we uh so let's wrap this up shall we any <laughs> fin- any final thoughts
2: well my, my very very final thought was that actually going back to that last game at the bowling. In fact, those last two games that the Bowling put together they were quite West Hammy really, weren't they? Kind of a yeah. bit of glory at the end. Yeah. The previous uh Saturday well, then, a four yeah. nil demolition by Swansea. Yeah, I, mean, I, I
0: felt that... West Ham uh, God,
2: in a nutshell really.
0: Was it four? Bloody it was hell.
2: Four nil, yeah.
0: God, yeah. It was a real just capitulation, wasn't it? Yeah. We yeah 'cause because in a way for me, um because, you know, my history of supporting West Ham had more Saturday afternoon, three o'clock memories in it than evening games. Mm. That game felt to me, I felt more nostalgia when we went to the Black Lion and then walked to the game from there, uh, yeah. you know, on yeah. that day than I did with the yeah. evening game against Manchester, Manchester United. Mm. Mm. Um, so to just... Cave and lose that game yeah. so routinely terrible, to Swansea was really, really yeah, terrible, it
1: and it was really poor. Yeah,
0: and it was great that the uh, um, you know the iron was pulled out of the fire with that last game. You know, it was yeah. it was, it was yeah. an extraordinary night. Yeah. yeah, the
2: juxtaposition of those two games is very West Hammy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Is that very true? And that sums it up. Juxtaposition. Good choice of words from Jim uh, Grant. Classic. Uh, what what a way to end. Classic Jim.
0: Classic <laughs> Jim. Uh, my name has been Phil Whelans. This is Stop Hammer Time and uh, with me this week have been Jim Grant, Rio, and Sam ta Tada. Come on you Irons.
2: This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.